This episode of Proper English is brought to you by Happy Birthday, the difference between sensitive and sensible and the idiom, you can't have your cake and eat it. A one, two, three. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday, proper English. Happy birthday to us. Hooray! <laughs> it's crazy to even think about it, but today's episode means our little podcast is one year old. So for those of you who don't know us, we're going to tell you the story of how proper English started. So, once upon a time... As you may or may not know, Ali and I have been teaching conversational English for the last few years on an online language learning platform called italki. Before we moved from Sheffield in the UK to central Portugal in 2016 with Millhouse the Cat... So-called because she comes from an area of Sheffield called Millhouses. Anyway, before we moved here, I spent many years as a primary school teacher and Dave... Well, he's done all sorts of things, haven't you, Dave? Oh, aye. Jack of all trades. Master of none. That's me. Yeah, at various stages of my life I've been an actor, a dry stone waller, a stand-up comedian, a civil servant, a pub manager, a singer, loads of different jobs, doing all sorts of different things, but I've always loved the English language. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. When we moved to Portugal, we were looking for a way to earn money to pay for food and electricity, you know, the usual sort of stuff. And a friend of ours suggested teaching English online. So I did some searching and I found a number of different platforms, including italki. So, yeah, Ali started teaching online at the end of 2016 and she kept saying, You know, you really ought to try this. I think you'd really enjoy it. And I kept putting it off because I thought I'd make a fool of myself. But I kept up with the pressure. And eventually, I buckled, gave in. And as I often say to my students and friends and family, it's the best job I've ever had. You do say that quite a lot, Dave. And I mean it. <laughs> I love it. We are so lucky. We get the chance to speak to people from all over the world, from Peru to Japan... Finland to Australia without ever having to leave our living room. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It is. And over those first couple of years, we started to realise that our students faced similar challenges when it came to learning English, had many of the same questions about English words and sentence constructions, yeah. and the best words to use in particular situations. And I remember thinking, we've got enough material here to start a podcast. And so, Ali kept saying to me, You know, we really ought to start a podcast. And I kept putting it off, because I was worried I'd make a fool of myself. Are you starting to see a pattern forming here, listeners? <laughs> so predictable. Now, let's take a little break from the story. Right now, we're asking, what's the difference? What's the difference? Sensible or sensitive? Their meanings are quite different, but for speakers of several other languages, they can be false friends. Now, false friends are words that trick us. They appear similar to a word in our own language, and so we often think we know what they mean. But unfortunately, 
were often wrong. Mm, So, sensible. This describes someone who makes good decisions, a person who has good sense. Oh, you were very sensible to bring an umbrella with you. It's going to chuck it down with rain at any minute. Oh, it's already spitting, Dave. I can feel it. I can feel it on my arms. Oh, dear. Or... Thank you for telling me about the car accident in town. I decided the sensible thing to do was take the long way round. See, sensible is generally a positive thing, although we can use it as a mild insult. Oh, those silver shoes are lovely, but I see you've gone for the sensible ones. Hmm. Now, someone who is sensitive might feel hurt by that last comment. If someone is sensitive, it means that they feel their emotions more readily than other people. As well as being sensitive emotionally, we can also be sensitive to temperature, light, etc. It means they affect us physically. A situation can be described as sensitive when, for example, the outcome could be dramatic or dangerous. Finally, an instrument that works particularly well could be described as sensitive. We can be absolutely certain of the accuracy of our measurements because the thermometer is so sensitive. And now back to proper English. The origin. So, I kept thinking about this podcast business and I looked at the logistics of recording and publishing a podcast and we bought a brilliant microphone designed especially for podcasting that rejoices in the name Blue Yeti. On the recommendation of one of your students, Alex, in Moscow. Yeah, that's right. And some recording software came with it called Hindenburg, which is so easy to use and makes us sound right professional. So we recorded a little practice episode and our students loved it. Phew, it worked. So we started last May talking about countable and uncountable nouns, and in particular, the words fewer and less. Ah, memories. And since then, we've published a podcast per week, and we have talked about so many things to do with the English language. Phrasal verbs, silent letters, and those pesky prepositions. (laughs) And we've also spent some time discussing and sometimes explaining British traditions like Pancake Day, for instance. Oh, and don't forget traditional British food like fish and chips. How could I forget fish and chips? And the Sunday roast dinner. Ali's favourite. And of course, the full English breakfast. Oh, sausages, bacon, eggs, baked beans, black pudding. Oh man, I'm so hungry right now. (laughs) We've also talked about how the British celebrate Christmas and New Year what we do at the seaside, some of the differences between American English and British English. And nearly every week, prompted by questions from our listeners and our students, we have a couple of regular features. What's the difference? What's the difference? Where we unpack the difference between similar English words and, of course, idiom of the week. Idiom of the week? Which is coming up in a bit in which we discuss the meanings and sometimes the origins of the weird things we say in English. Like, it's raining cats and dogs, for instance. Oh, yeah. Which, rather disappointingly, we Brits hardly ever say. Oh, no. But we're hoping that our students and listeners will revive it. Oh, yeah. But it's not just being us, week in, week out, droning on and on about pronunciation and intensifiers and portmanteau words. Oh, no. We've had guests on too. We interviewed our Portuguese teacher, Emma, last summer. And so far this year, we've chatted with our mate, Tony, about the influence Shakespeare had on the English language 
And a couple of weeks ago, we asked Dave's lovely student, Carla, in Brazil, how she got on when she was studying in London. And we're planning to have a lot more interviews over the next year. Mm -hmm. So keep listening. Do you know what? We only had a vague idea of what we wanted to do with proper English when we started. And that hasn't changed, really. (laughs) Well, no. But we set out wanting to help people who were in the process of learning English. And we wanted to do it in an informal, natural, unstructured way. As my students will no doubt confirm, I'm not particularly good with structure. (laughs) We wanted to put something together that wasn't too heavy, too educational. Something that would help people get into the rhythms of conversational English. Something that wasn't too long. Yeah! A podcast that's a snack rather than a three-course meal. Proper English. The sweet you can eat between meals without ruining your appetite. I think that was a chocolate bar called Milky Way. But you go ahead with your plagiarism, Dave. (laughs) Well, I think statute of limitations might have run out on that. It's from the 1970s. Anyway, I've got some stats. Deep joy. Hmm. Since we started... A year ago, we've had over 10,500 listens. Blimey. In 102 out of the 195 countries on this planet. Who knew there were so many? And there were people in over half of them who've listened to us. Incredible. And this episode, this review of our first year, is our way of saying... Thank you! Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Tell you what, Ali. What? Name some countries and we can say thank you to our listeners there. What? Do we know them by name? (laughs) Of course not. My statistics aren't that good. Uh. But we do know what country they're living in. So go on. Uh, Okay, Ecuador. Yep, we've got someone there. Gracias, listener in Ecuador. Japan. Yep, over 200 listens in Japan. Arigato. Slovakia? Jakujem to our listeners in Slovakia. Okay, that's enough for now. A big thank thank you to all our listeners all over the world, whether you're in Honduras or Russia, India or Chile, Portugal or Kuwait, Malaysia or the Netherlands. We love that you've taken the time to listen to us and we hope we've helped in some small way. And know this... We might live in strange and unpredictable times, but we're not going anywhere. We'll still be here every Tuesday with something new and interesting and probably a bit daft. And we hope you'll be here with us too. Here's to many more years of proper English. And here's to you lot out there, our continuing inspiration. And now it's time for Idiom of the Week. Idiom of the Week? Have your cake and eat it. Mmm, cake. Have your cake and eat it refers to having two good things together that normally would not be considered possible to have at the same time, probably because one conflicts with the other. Linguistically, it is a confusing phrase because we use it back to front. If we said you can't eat your cake and have it, it makes a bit more sense. Once you've eaten the cake, you don't have it anymore. Did they used to say it like that? They did, yeah. Yeah. I wonder why they changed it. Yeah. (laughs) It's not as complicated as it sounds. Let's give some examples. (sighs) 
I want to work less and have more holidays. Well, don't we all? But how are you going to pay for all the holidays if you don't work? Hmm, I suppose you're right. I want to have my cake and eat it. I want to be a better pianist. Well, you need to practice more. I know. But I haven't got time to practice because I go swimming three times a week. Then you'll have to make a choice. You can't have your cake and eat it. I'd like to, though. Mind you, I don't think I'm really that character. Have you ever known me go swimming three times a week? Well, I just thought we'd try something new for a change. (laughs) (laughs) And before we go, we just thought we should remind you about our little competition to think up a first name for our character. D.I. Davidson. Yeah, her colleague is called Robert Roberts and his girlfriend is called Roxy. Now we need a first name for Davidson. So, get in touch with your suggestions and we'll choose and use our favourite. And here we are at the end of a whole year of proper English. We hope you've had fun listening in on our review of our first year. And whether you're a new listener or a regular subscriber, why not get in touch with us? You can email us at properenglish or one word at sapo.pt. Or you can ask us questions on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook if they're available in your country. And don't forget to tell everyone you know about us, your friends, your family, anyone who's studying or learning English. And make sure you like this episode and leave us a nice review and subscribe to us on your favourite podcast app. So, until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. And thank you for listening to... Proper English! (laughs) One, two, three, four. Uh, No, it's one, two, three. Two, three, happy birthday. Yeah, because you sing on that four. Yeah.